Hey guys, this is Selena de la Renta from Promociones Dorado and MLW. You're listening to Dark Match Podcast, which means that you have to check out my episode now. Come on, go check it out. You're now listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Let's go live into the studio for this week's episode. Welcome back, everyone. It's just me flying solo. There's a lot of things going on this week, a lot of traveling, some opening day festivities as well. But more importantly, coming up this week, we all know what it is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is WrestleMania week. Yes, it's already here, but there's so much more going on, which we're going to touch on as well. But for those of you that are traveling up to the New York area to take part in some of the festivities, whether it is WrestleMania or you're going up there for WrestleCon, you're going up there for any of the other events going on, safe travels to you. So hopefully this podcast helps you get through some of those travel woes as well and makes that car ride or that plane ride go just a little bit faster. But a lot going on and a lot of announcements coming out each and every day, just getting everyone more and more pumped for all the events going on. And of course, we have to give a huge shout out. It was announced earlier today. We put it out on our Twitter page as well. But huge congratulations going out. She was on our show previously when the event was announced originally she called in to give her thoughts on the news and we even made a comment on the show saying hey we know with how hard you work with all the dedication that you've given and how much time you put in to your craft without a doubt we know that you're going to be performing in madison square garden and today the news broke that our prediction with her was 100% accurate because it was announced earlier today that our former guest Stella Gray will be competing at Madison Square Garden. And that, of course, is going to be taking place during the G1 Supercard event. So huge, huge congratulations going out to Stella Gray. But overall, the event itself, there's a lot to be excited for. I don't know what everyone else is truly excited for. I could have an entire show just dedicated to all the matches. I mean, just look at all the events going on. You got Jay Lethal, Marty, and Matt Taven going in a ladder match for the Ring of Honor Championship. You got Jay White and Okada. The list goes on and on. Going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal show overall, but that's just the tip of the iceberg with everything going on this weekend. You also have, if you are in the area, you got WrestleCon. Who knows who's going to show up there? Who knows who you're going to run into? It is the greatest time of year, so if you're going out to anything, definitely go check it out. Even if you're going to Joey Janela's Spring Break 3, you're going to the Penis Party with Joey Ryan, you're going to NXT or WrestleMania. A lot going on. And of course, there's a lot of confusion going on. I hate to make this transition, but there's a lot of confusion going on. A lot of wrestling fans are wondering what the heck is going on. And of course, I'm talking about last week's SmackDown Live. Hate to dwell on it, but I myself, I have a lot of questions. I'm a little confused, but I'm liking the direction that could potentially come of this. And that news, of course, is Charlotte Flair is the new SmackDown Live Women's Champion taking out Asuka on Thursday, on Tuesday night. Oh, I almost went back to Thursday nights, but Tuesday night, taking out Asuka. And honestly, social media was a buzzing over this. Everyone coming out, Asuka deserves so much more. And they're right. She really does. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, you already got Charlotte Flair in the main event for the Raw Women's Championship. Why do you have to put another title on her? I, I think it goes back to, unfortunately, they didn't think that they had a star-powered individual to step up and take on Asuka for the title. They looked at it and said, there's no one that we could really put in there that's going to make it believable that this person can go out. But that is the beauty of wrestling. I mean, if you really want to shock the world, it is WrestleMania. Put her in the ring with someone that you don't think is going to beat her and then have her beat her. Who knows? Or just have a fantastic match. Asuka is capable of doing that. There's a lot of people that have a bunch of different, I wouldn't say conspiracy theories, but there are a lot of theories that is going to come back to Asuka bringing back this demonic character that she used to betray in Japan. And for those of you that don't know, definitely go check it out. Yeah, I think it'd be a great idea if they did that, but it was announced that she's going to be in this women's battle royal. And I think it is a huge waste of Asuka's talent. It 
she put on one of the best matches at last year's WrestleMania, aside from the Intercontinental match featuring Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and The Miz, which opened the show. The second best match of that night, in my opinion, was Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Now, this year, we're coming up, and we have our first women's main event. The women are going to be main eventing, are going to close the show, and that is going to be Charlotte Flair, the now SmackDown Women's Champion, Ronda Rousey, the current Raw Women's Champion, and you have the man, Becky Lynch. Now, a lot of people were questioning, what happens? Is this going to unify the Women's Championship? Is it going to be whoever gets pinned, loses their title? It appears at this moment in time that it's just for the Raw Women's Championship. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know I mentioned it last week, but I truly see them putting this title on Charlotte Flair and making her that heel of both shows. She is a phenomenal talent. It would unfortunately upset the wrestling world who are hoping to see Becky Lynch finally get her redemption. But in my opinion, kill me if you want to. Tweet at us all you want. I truly see Charlotte Flair walking out of WrestleMania with the Raw Women's Championship. And I mean, I I see a lot of title changes that night. I see a lot of changes happening depending on the timing of the show. I potentially see Finn Balor walking out with the Intercontinental Championship again, which is a little upsetting because I'm kind of getting a little tired of this back and forth. Oh, someone's got it here. Someone's got it here where it's just constantly like, oh, well, who has the title this week? I'm not a big fan of that. It is exciting because you're letting other people hold the title and get that moniker in a sense, but it makes it extremely confusing, especially with this title. You're, you're you're essentially hurting the title because there's so many champions changing and there's so many people changing between it. They really need that one character that's going to come in. And I hate to say it, one of the best intercontinental champions of recent memory has been The Miz because of what he's able to do with that title, the prestige that he's able to bring to that title and make it something more and make it the intercontinental championship that it was in the past instead of just, oh, that mid-card title. He, he really was able to captivate the audience to make you want to watch him lose it to where it was more than just that mid-card title, to where there were some people at the event where he fought Dolph Ziggler. I believe it was Backlash. If I'm wrong, tweet at me and let me know, but I believe it was Backlash when Dolph Ziggler put his career on the line against The Miz, and a lot of people were actually upset that that match didn't close out the event. And I, I truly feel that an Intercontinental Championship match could main event a pay-per-view. I I don't see it in today's day and age with the two titles that they have, the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship. I don't see an Intercontinental Championship match being a main event of a WrestleMania, but who knows who holds it and the storyline behind it. But there's tons of more matches going on this weekend. There's the two out of three falls match between Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole for the vacated NXT Championship and so much more. But obviously, I don't want to bore you with all the details you've listened this far so all we're going to do right now is just jump into our interview so we want to thank you for taking time out of your evening i understand that you're driving right now so please focus on the road first and foremost is safety. I sure will. <laughs> but we appreciate you taking time we, i understand that you're on your way to training right now but on the line with us right now we have picture perfect sierra so how are you doing here tonight good how are you not bad at all so I- i'm wondering what's going on with the weather here i have a feeling that it's suffering from a case of alzheimer's because earlier today it was snowing and now outside it's about 55 degrees so i don't know what exactly oh. is going on so i don't know yeah. i'm ready for summer though i am too and the closer we get to summer i don't want summer to end but at the same point summer means that a particular season is starting and that of course is football season so i'm looking forward to that more than anything but while we have you on the line you're on your way to training we don't want to take you away from training but at the same point we do want to get to know as much about you as possible so kind of starting things off you had mentioned that you're from rhode island and you're heading into training right now and definitely want to touch on who you're going to be training with but we'll get there in due time but before we get there tell us a little bit about yourself where'd you grow up well i was born here in rhode island born and raised and I grew up in uh, Warwick, Rhode Island, which is a small uh, little city right outside of Providence, um, our capital. Um, Went to high school, or still am in high school, actually. Very small, um, pretty urban place. I wouldn't call myself small town, but I like the the small feel of where I live. 
So you're still in high school? I am, yeah. Okay, so you're getting a jump start already on your career. Yes, yep. So what necessarily sparked this interest with getting into wrestling? Now, you're still in high school. At that point, I remember when I was in high school, we had to take these like particular types of tests that tell you what you're destined to do in the world. And trust me when I tell you that mine is nowhere near what I'm doing today. But what kind of sparked this interest? Take us back to your, your first memory. What was kind of that moment that kind of told you, no, this is what I want to do with my life and you're not going to tell me different and I don't care what a test tells me or anything. Um, well, I kind of jumped nose first into the whole wrestling training thing. Um, I had loved wrestling for a long time. My stepdad had gotten me into it. And one day I said, I kind of want to try this. So I um, I jumped online and I looked up schools around my area. Uh, I picked out the closest one because at that time when I started uh, training, I couldn't drive myself. So I'd relied on uh, family and friends to get me from training and then back home. But I... Uh, I found the uh, XWA Kingdom School, and then pretty much immediately after that, I think it was about a week after I turned 16, I uh, signed up and have been doing it ever since. Oh, wow. So you said that your stepdad kind of got you into it. What kind of organizations did you find yourself watching with him? Uh, he would mostly be watching either SmackDown or Raw, NXT. And at first when I, uh, he would be watching it, he would be watching it with my brother. And I was kind of just in the background, didn't really want to watch wrestling, didn't understand it. And uh, when we got a little bit older, my brother stopped watching and uh, my stepdad kept watching. So I kind of just sat on the couch with him and started watching. And I don't really remember what I saw or what I heard. Um, uh, but just something clicked and made me fall in love with it. What kind of characters and what talent did you really kind of gravitate towards? Um, Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss, definitely. Um, Charlotte Flair being uh, Ric Flair's daughter, just over the top, uh, just a great character. And then Alexa Bliss, uh, I kind of connected with her because she is smaller. Um, it's kind of the typical, like, everyone's favorite wrestler is Rey Mysterio because he's small and he's the underdog. That kind of clicked with me with Alexa Bliss because she's from, from my time, uh, She's smaller, female, but I see her doing so well in the industry. Um, so she definitely resonates with me as a, a huge inspiration. Yeah, and also being in that size as well, just saying, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm going in there against someone like Nia Jax or, or Tamina or even someone the same size, just being able to go in there and have that same ability to be like, well, I'm walking out of here with a victory, so I don't care what you're going to say about size because size right. doesn't matter. Yeah, and Yeah, definitely. So you find yourself kind of falling in love. You don't remember the exact point where it, it kind of clicked to you. Now, you go online, you find a school for wrestling training. You convince your family members to drive you to wrestling school. What was that first moment like? Because you have some very unique trainers for those individuals that didn't catch that little piece of information in there. And that, of course, being the kingdom. Uh, you have some very unique trainers right now. What was that experience like? You're walking in there. You're. I'm not going to assume age. I hate to assume age, but you're walking in there and you're. what were your first thoughts like? Oh, when I first started, it was very intimidating. Um, I had walked in, uh, super young, small female, walking into a room of potentially all grown men. Um, so that was very, very intimidating at first. Um, but as I started uh, slowly learning everything, uh, getting in the ring a little bit with them, uh, it wasn't soon after that that I realized that I wanted it just as bad as any of them wanted it. Mm -hmm. Now, did you have any type of experience with other sports before you got into wrestling school? Um, I've done cheerleading and lacrosse. Um, cheerleading has helped me a lot with uh, the athleticism. Uh, if I have to do any flip or anything like that, uh, that background has helped me. And uh, lacrosse has helped because wrestling has a lot of cardio and uh, you need a lot of stamina to do it. So that's um, that's really helped me. My athletic background has really helped me in uh, wrestling so far. More importantly, with the lacrosse, you can't be afraid to get hit either. Oh, yeah. No, on the lacrosse field, I'm very aggressive. So wrestling doesn't, doesn't scare me. Yeah. So walking in there from a cheerleading background and lacrosse background, you have the athleticism and the stamina, but also you're not afraid to take a hit either. So those are kind right. of the recipe for success, especially in the wrestling industry. But you had, yeah. <laughs> you had mentioned how you're in this room with, with grown men. Here's yourself. You're anywhere between the ages of, I'm like, once I, once again, I'm going to mention, I'm, I'm not going to assume ages, but what was that moment like when you walked through the door? Here's a high school kid that's walking in saying, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. Uh, what was the dynamic like in the room and also in training at that point? Um, at first, 
I just wanted everyone to take me seriously because as being so young and female walking into all of them, uh, to be honest, at first, I didn't think anyone did, but that just gave me more to prove that I could do what they were doing. And uh, now I have everyone's respect in, in the ring and outside of. So definitely not intimidated by them anymore, but um, the, the trainers were uh, a huge help with that. They helped me settle in and uh, get used to this uh, this whole new world because with cheerleading and lacrosse, I was with kids my own age and my own height and my size and uh, wrestling's just a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Now, you're in a position where you're still, I would assume you're still doing cheerleading, you're still doing lacrosse as well. Now, yeah. when I was in high school, they actually had a rule where if you were doing any other type of sport or any other type of activity that, in essence, like professional wrestling, where you weren't allowed to do that because of the potential for risk and injury. It, what kind of challenges did you run into? Did you run into any in reference to telling your coaches, hey, I'm going to become a professional wrestler? I have a booking. I actually have a match coming up soon. Did you run into any challenges kind uh, trying to convince them to let you uh, essentially follow this dream? Oh, yeah, definitely, uh, especially with cheerleading. Um, my cheerleading coaches were definitely super supportive, but as uh, different from lacrosse, uh, you could always replace someone on the field, but you can't really replace someone on the cheerleading team. So uh, they just ha- wanted to make sure that if uh, I had an event, I had to be super careful. Uh, I had to work pretty much my wrestling schedule around my cheerleading schedule. But in the off season, uh, they were just more than more than supportive. And then uh, with lacrosse, usually I would um, from lacrosse practice to wrestling training, or from a game to wrestling training. Um, but they, they were all fine with uh, me wanting to pursue professional wrestling. So we're going to take a step away from our interview right now and give a shout out to our sponsor. If you haven't seen all across social media, we are now sponsored by LapelYeah.com. That's right. You heard it right. LapelYeah. If you don't know who they are, check them out. Go check out all their merchandise over at LapelYeah.com. They just had a huge Marty Squirrel pin release autographed as well. Sold out in 60 seconds. So tons of awesome merch there. Shirts, pins, stickers. Even if you are a superstar, you can send in a custom pin for them to release as well they not only sell but they also supply to all independent wrestlers as well so head on over to lapelia.com be sure to use the promo code pinhead you heard that right if you watch hellraisers growing up you know exactly what i'm talking about once again discount code pinhead at checkout get 20 percent off your entire order courtesy of the dark match podcast once again that's lapelia.com once again lapelia.com and give me a lapel yeah now, what comes first, in your opinion? Where I'm at right now, wrestling definitely comes first. Okay. Yeah. Because this is definitely what I want to do with the rest of my life. Perfect. And I just remember when I was in high school, like there was recreational teams. And I premised this on a previous episode. Uh, I, I was involved in rugby. And when I was a freshman in high school, we had a actual rugby team. And there was an incident that had happened at nationals that unfortunately led to our school dropping and discontinuing the rugby program to the point where it became a rugby club where we were actually competing against other schools, but we couldn't have any type of affiliation. Like any type of fundraising or even busing to games, we had to literally pay for ourselves. We had to fundraise to essentially pay for these buses and pay for uniforms. And we had to sign like these forms saying that if we were going to be playing rugby, that we were not, if we were to get injured, we would be forfeiting our spot on our team the next season. So right, yeah. I, I just remember all the hoops I had to run through. Like you're, you're jumping onto the field and obviously you want to perform your best. You want to win, but at the same point in the back of your head, you're like, oh my God, like I could potentially lose my spot and all that has to be going through your head. And here you are in a wrestling match. Like I can't get hurt because I have a cheerleading competition next weekend. I have a lacrosse game. Okay. Let's try to be as safe as possible. But at the same point, like especially in a wrestling ring that that can be like an Achilles heel in a sense. So how have you kind of overcome that challenge where one false move? Well, I know it's kind of a stupid question, but how do you kind of overcome those challenges where in the back of your head, you're, you also have something else on your mind because it could 
unfortunately cost you a position on a team that you worked so hard to be on. Uh, right, yeah. Um, I had pretty much the same thing. I uh, I had to agree with all my coaches. I didn't have to sign anything like that, but I had I had to sit down with them. I had to uh, agree that I'd be as safe as possible, or if I got hurt in the wrestling ring, I would let them know immediately so that they could make changes. Or um, even if I got hurt in uh, in cheerleading on the props, I would tell I would tell my trainers here. So I think it definitely goes both ways. Um, my athletic background has definitely leaned towards the more uh, risky and dangerous sport. Um, so it definitely goes both ways. But uh, from the cheerleading and lacrosse side, um, I very fortunately had never uh, had a huge injury or setback that uh, stopped me from uh, competing or playing a game. But uh, I was always prepared that if something did happen, we had kind of a backup plan, um, especially for cheerleading. And it's very hard to uh, just pick someone up and put them in someone's spot since it is such a, uh, a tight-built team sport. But we kind of had a uh, like a plan B for everything just in case I wouldn't be able to make it. And I would always uh, prioritize competition, so it's, uh, I would always be at competition. But we always had that plan B just in case I got hurt in the ring or at a show or practice um, to make sure that I wasn't completely affecting the whole team. Yeah, and you always want to have that backup plan. But I, I just remember like they, they sat us down in a room and had us sign this paperwork and here I am at the age of like 16, 17 years old like I'm literally stating that if something happens then goodbye football season so it's a lot to, to put in the back of your head and kind of go out there and, and try and keep that level of athleticism and also that level of, of I, I'm trying to find the right words right, for it yeah. but, but yeah it, it, I definitely know what you mean Yeah, and, and kudos to you being able to do it because I was simply just playing rugby and here you are in professional wrestling and who knows what could potentially happen or one false move, whatever it may be. So definitely kudos to you. Now, uh, with cheerleading, I remember cheerleading at my school, which was nothing in comparison to, and if any of the cheerleaders from my high school listened to the show, I apologize in advance, but they weren't really that athletic and they didn't do a whole lot of competitive cheerleading sense that you would essentially see on like ESPN or anything like that. Uh, do you do... Right, it's, it's nothing like it is today. Yeah, do you do like competition? and stuff like that? Do you compete like uh, on things that you would see on like ESPN or like in the movie like Bring It On where you're doing like choreographed uh, like routines or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So the type of cheerleading I do, I uh, we did football cheerleading, which would uh, be like sideline cheering um, at football games. I did that for two years. But for six years up until now, since our season is over, um, I had done competition, which is where the coaches give us a routine um, that includes anything from uh, stunting and tumbling and cheering and dance. Um, all that goes into different uh, Different competitions around the state and around uh, pretty much all around New England. Oh wow, and that's extensive too, and expensive at the same point as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I can only imagine all, all the time and effort that goes into it, and it just kind of goes to show with you being in professional wrestling, letting them do letting letting them let you do that. I'm getting like tongue tied trying to even explain that right now. But for yeah, them to yeah, let, yeah. to let you do that, but also you you at such a young age being able to time manage manage not only lacrosse but also cheerleading competitive cheerleading and professional wrestling it's definitely going to help you into the future so speaking in reference to the future now here you are you're getting booked you're, you're through wrestling training you're getting bookings what kind of challenge did you find when you were finally given that green light by your wrestling school to go out there and find those wrestling uh, wrestling shows did they kind of assist with getting you those bookings or did they just kind of tell you hey go make it happen um well i had been asked to wrestle my very first match and if I'm correct today is the 18th of March today is actually the uh, one year anniversary of me uh, working matches I found that out this morning so congratulations I cool. thank you thank you there's gonna um, be a cake but- at wrestling school for you too <laughs> No, he's probably going to make you do like a hundred like burpees or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds like something he would do. You want to work hard here, work hard for it. It's like, okay, you got one but, year uh, under anyway. your, belt, your belt, like it's now time <laughs> yeah, to step yeah. it up a little bit. Right, yeah, time to step up your game, kid. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry but if anyway. I just jinxed you. <laughs> 
we'll find out soon. <laughs> well, but I'd gotten I would that, take a... uh, green light. I'd gotten that green light from uh, from Matt actually to go ahead and have that first match. I went, had so much fun with it. I was so nervous to do it, but I got through it. My whole family was there. Some friends was there. Um, so I wasn't too too nervous, but I was just nervous to do a good job in front of them. And uh, later, when my trainers uh, heard about the match, I wanted to tell them I did a good job for them. Um, and that slowly uh, spiraled into getting more bookings here and there. Um, I'm very close with uh, uh, a couple of uh, professional wrestlers from the area, and they kind of helped me out. It mostly started in me replacing them in tag matches or wrestling them for smaller promotions and me being able to take those videos and experiences and uh, take my own bookings of my own. So um, I can definitely credit my friends in wrestling for starting the snowball effect of me getting my own bookings like I do today. Yeah, and you could pretty much do your senior thesis in high school on running your own business, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's crazy how I think professional wrestling is right now in the area. Um, It's so different from any other job. Like, my friends work in fast food, and they work at restaurants, and I always tell them, well, I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler. That's my, that's my job right now. Until, uh, until school ends and I free up that whole seven hours of my morning, uh, professional wrestling is my job right now. Yeah, and you're very successful with it. You are getting booked all over the place. You've been doing it for a year so far, and it doesn't look like there's any stop in sight for you. now. Yeah, no. I plan on doing this for a very long time if I can help it. <laughs> well, we hope that we see you for a long time, but at this point in time, you've been making some your way around and obviously in your local promotions, but what's one thing that you kind of experienced? Because I, I, myself, I, I just stepped into the ring for the first time. I don't plan on getting back into the ring. Mine as well let that known up front but what was that first experience like you're walking down to the ring and here you are the bell rings what was essentially going through your mind at that point because you put in all the time you put in all the effort but here, here's an opportunity in front of your friends and family what was kind of going through your head at that point like it kind of just take us through the entire experience where this stream kind of took off for you uh so i think since then, and pretty much I can speak for all of my matches, when that bell rings, I just think, it's me and this person. We just have to work together. This is us. We're putting on a show for everyone. This, this is my job. Like this, It's my job to do a good job. Um, but that very first match that I had uh, last year, to be honest, I, I could have blocked out and I couldn't remember i was so filled with adrenaline and just thinking i need to do a good job for my trainers i need to prove them uh prove everyone right and do my trainers good um because of course my name's attached to them and so uh all i could i could never repay them for everything they've done for me so far so the least i can do is uh do them well and have a good match but every match i just i go over in my head i know what i need to do and i need to know that the people in those seats are here to see me and, uh, of course, the other talent on the show. So uh, before every match, I just remind myself that I'm out here to have fun. I can do a good job, and uh, I, I can I can hang with this. Yeah, like I, I walked through the curtain for, for my match, and literally I, I remembered every spot that I needed, but the second that I walked through the curtains and I looked at the crowd, I literally forgot what I was supposed to do just to get to the ring. Like literally just blacked out, and I'm just staring at this crowd, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like I know all my spots, but like am I supposed to like high-five people? Like, do yeah. I, like mm-hmm. out of all the things I could have forgot, I was like, I, I still haven't watched the video back. It, it was a one-sin done type deal but literally like the second that i had to walk out i was like i don't even know what to do right now i never thought of this i can i can definitely relate to that um oh man that's happened a few times but especially like we were talking earlier me being uh, a cheerleader i'm i'm used to performing i'm used to being in front of the crowd and putting myself out there so that's definitely helped with the nervous part uh when i when i walk out in the curtains it is different because uh instead of a whole team on the mat everyone's eyes are on eyes are all on me but uh, i I, I, I kind of like the spotlight, and it gives me a time to shine, and uh, especially the entrances. Entrances are one of my favorite parts of wrestling. Um, I just I just think they're fun, and you can really get to know someone and their character just by their entrance. But um, the entrance, I take the time to uh, look around in the crowd, uh, see who's where. I always try to find the little kid, because uh, especially when I'm working as a baby face, I love working with the little kids and trying to get them behind me, because that really gets... Uh, 
gives me the motivation to uh, just keep going and keep the crowd fired up. But uh, I, I take entrances. I like to go slow and just think over my head what I have to do. And then I don't I don't think about the spots until I'm actually in the ring. Yeah, and it, going back to your kid comment as well, those are essentially where your money's at. They're walking around the merch table. If you yeah. gave them a high five or you smiled at them or you pointed at them, whatever it may be. You threw like a, a shirt in their direction or a hat or a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, you have a fan for life at that regard so yeah I, I completely understand your logic behind that i when i the f- only thing that came to my mind was i'm gonna throw my hat to somebody and i threw it right at a little kid and like lit up immediately so uh, i, I can oh, yeah. understand that so going back a, a few steps so he, here you are in, in the ring you're got a year under your belt right now but what are some goals that you have set out for yourself because other than getting through high school what are your goals next are you going to kind of as soon as you get that diploma just kind of take some bookings all across the country or what's essentially on the timetable for sierra oh yeah as soon as i graduate i have i have some time after i graduate before i start college in the fall so i think that right after i graduate i'm going to try to take as many bookings as i can anywhere that i can um usually on uh, when i wrestle on the weekends it's um usually in new england but i would love to um get out there more like, i've wrestled in new york and i'm going to new jersey next week so that's the first step out of new england now i want to go to texas like i see people going to and my my 100 percent top goal is to one day be able to wrestle in japan um that's my top goal i don't expect it for 2019 but i do expect me to work hard in the united states uh, to be able to do that one day and that's a hell of a goal to have now where are you going to school um i have not decided where i'm going yet but definitely staying in new england what are you going to school for have you decided on that athletic training oh okay so kind of staying within that athletic background and also that sports background as well so definitely i've always been told wrestling can be your number one but you need to have a number one part two if that makes sense no Um, absolutely there's no there's no telling what's next in wrestling if i get hurt i definitely need to have a plan b so i thought just to keep my love and my background for athletic to start athletic training because i would i would love to work with sports teams if one day uh, knock on wood wrestling doesn't work out for me i can still stay in the athletic uh, job area i'm trying to find a word for it but i can't but i uh, <laughs> just stick with with wrestling as much as possible so i figured that going with the athletic training um path would be the best for me yeah knock on wood that it does work out i know that you said that knock on wood that if it doesn't work out no knock on wood that it does work out for you yeah right right yep. <laughs> and it's good at this point that you do have those goals set in mind like you had mentioned going to texas and then eventually wrestling in in japan but i, I do want to hit you with kind of an off-the-wall question and kind of put you on the spot here because most of the individuals that we have on our show they they not only have those goals of where they'd like to wrestle but they also do have those goals uh, of who they'd like to wrestle so i I do want to get your top five right now if you could wrestle any individual whether they're on the mainstream right now wwe off the table who are five individuals that you have on your radar that you would love to wrestle whether let's say that it's possible to even happen in 2019 give me your top five right now well the first that comes to mind is Kylie Ray. I've seen her kind of out of nowhere, maybe not of out of nowhere, but I've seen her just blow up and now she's uh, signed with AEW and she's doing so well and I've never had the chance to meet her, but I hope I do soon because her energy, just for me watching her, I, I vibe with that so much so I'd really like to work with her. Um, another being Tony Storm, same with her. When I was younger and going to the independent events, I saw Tony Storm wrestle and I thought that she was just this badass chick who you know, kind of gave me the motivation that I could do it. This was before uh, I had decided to wrestle uh, myself, but I had thrown the idea around in my head a little bit. But I, I just saw her and I thought she was fantastic. Tessa Blanchard, I think she's she's amazing. Same thing, seeing her uh, years ago to where she is now, uh, super motivational. I'd love to work with her. Santana Garrett, she's another. I, I could say so many good things about all these uh, women wrestlers, but the same thing, they just all give me the motivation to keep going the way I'm going. And then Alexa Bliss, 100%. She's, I can confidently, confidently say that she is uh, my favorite female wrestler right now in, in wrestling in general. I love working as a heel. I, it's my favorite to work. And so when I need motivation or ideas or anything like that, 100%, my, my YouTube links are going to anything Alexa Bliss does. Now, that's obviously a huge list to go off of, but I do want to kind of put you on the spot again. Now, you brought 
brought up a lot of names of individuals that do have very well-known, essentially household names. But what are some individuals that those that are listening can kind of keep an eye out for? Who are some individuals that you've worked that feel that they need a little bit more push and need a little bit more notoriety? You're the one with the platform right now. So I'm going to put you on the spot to say, hey, it's time to put some of your opponents over. Who are some names of some individuals that you've worked with, whether you wrestled them or you were just on a show with them, that some individuals should really keep an eye out for that you feel are really the rising stars in the New England area? I know. You're going to either make friends or lose friends with this answer. (laughs) Um, One person that comes straight to mind is is Davian. She's been... I call her my wrestling mother. She has been my number one supporter and my pretty much my backbone these past two years since I've started training. Um, and I, I just don't think that uh, people give her enough credit. Uh, and when they when they do give her credit, it's not nearly enough that she deserves. Um, she's out. She just did the uh, Young Lions Cup in Chikara. Uh, I was just catching up with her uh, maybe a, a day or two ago, how that went. So she's out doing amazing things, and I think that she deserves uh, more recognition for what she does, and especially for what she's done with me. That's, uh, that's a very uh, personal one. Um, trying to think of another one. Oh, boy. I know. Like I mentioned, like there's going to be people that are going to comment on like your your Instagram and your Twitter. Like I hope you you gave me a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a make or break moment for you. Definitely. Uh, he's been getting around on his own, but uh, just like Davy N, uh, Anthony Green has been a uh, a huge help with me. Oh. And uh, former guest yeah, of our show and, too. Uh, yeah, I, I listen to his podcast. Me and him are uh, are pretty close. And whatever I need, he's he's the creative brain. I, I give him so much credit for being so creative. Uh, whenever I need any idea, I go to him. Uh, or if he just has like a small idea for for a match or uh, like a moniker or, or uh, like just a move, like I always like to go to him because he's he knows wrestling so well. He's been a fan. He's been a ref. Now he's a wrestler. Um, he knows it so well, so he does it so, uh, he does it so well, but then he has this creative side, which just brings everything to the next level. Um, and now recently he's been picking up more steam, but, uh, I just, I'd want him to exceed through the roof especially him. Yeah, and he was just announced for the IWC Super Indie Tournament this past weekend, too. And I I attended IWC 18 this past weekend. Obviously, when this episode drops, it's a little tenured from when that actually happened. But uh, this past weekend, uh, Jonathan Grisham, Joey Ryan, and Anthony Green were announced as the first entrance into the Super Indie Tournament. And then as the night progressed on, Dylan Bostic and Britt Baker were announced for it as well. Well, they earned their opportunity into it as well but funny thing about uh anthony green as well no i I completely agree definitely a a crazy story from fan to referee to superstar but i i would love to have him back on the show and just talk about his toy collections Uh, oh my gosh (laughs) the, the plethora of knowledge that he has for the 80s not only comes out in his character but he lives by that moniker oh yeah 100 not to uh not to put anthony's uh personal life on blast i'm sure he won't mind but uh his collection of dvds and action figures is mind-blowing i've never been one to uh collect any of that stuff so when he when he showed me his whole uh his pretty much whole room filled of uh of stuff like that it was it was mind-blowing and actually kind of realization of how much of a fan he is because we all we can all say like yeah i was a super fan of wrestling and then now i'm wrestling but he's the epitome of like a super fan of wrestling which ties into him being so good and creative with wrestling but i could go on about anthony all day (laughs) and and I, I could continuously ask you to keep going, but I think we I, I will personally cut you off to prevent you from getting any heat from any of your friends. I am cutting you off because I think that's a perfect way to end it there. But just a couple more questions for you. I don't want to have Matt Taven walk out and be like, well, what are you doing? Like, get off the phone now. So... <laughs> <laughs> just a couple more questions for you. So as you had mentioned already, you are in high school. You you found this dream and you decided, hey, I'm going to follow it to the extent. What
what advice can you give to someone that's in that same position that literally is thinking to themselves, what what should I do with my life? Well, I want to be a wrestler, but how do I do it? What advice can you give to some of our listeners that are kind of contemplating that same direction and just don't know what to do? What advice can you give to them? Um, I think, honestly, just like I did, just try it. You know, there's no, there's nothing to regret more um, than if you don't try something. If you don't try it, you'll never know. Um, that's kind of the mindset I had. Uh, me being so young, I didn't know if I'd be able to keep up or even if I'd like being in the business. But like I had mentioned before, I just dove notes first into training. And now I'm, uh, not to put myself over, but um, I'm pretty proud of where I am right now. Um, I've progressed even within just a year of having my first match. I, I can look back at the video of my very first match and kind of cringe like, oh, like I actually wrestled like that back then. But I'll see a match that I just did this past weekend and I could compare them and just see my own progress. So there's no reason why you can't um, to just even try. There's many places that hold open houses and uh, free training uh, trials. So definitely keep your eyes out for that and uh, definitely find yourself a, uh, a credible school. Um, I don't want to bury or trash any schools because I've only ever uh, trained at one, but um, there's definitely uh, horror stories, but I won't get into that. But definitely find yourself a, uh, a credible school with uh, some credible good trainers because that definitely your trainers are uh, your biggest key, I guess, into uh, getting in. But definitely just, just try it if you don't like it you tried but for me in my experience I fell in love with it and, and here I am so definitely just go out and put yourself out there yeah and I don't want to get you any heat but kind of piggybacking off of the points that you made is truly ask around if you're at a show ask promoters where they would recommend that they go you'd be surprised how open some individuals are even some superstars if you're at an independent show and you ask them hey I'm looking to get into the business where would you recommend that I go where would you recommend that I avoid they're they're going to be open about it there's one 100 yeah yeah and there's one i'm not going to put anyone under but i was i was shocked because <laughs> there was an individual that was standing at a table and i i was i was at a show in pittsburgh which is three hours away from my from my home and there was a name that was dropped of someone to avoid that I was flabbergasted because it was not the first, it wasn't the second, it wasn't the third. It was probably the 50th time that I've heard that name dropped saying, avoid this person. And you'd be surprised how many people are going to say it. Now, I, I like you mentioned, I don't want to get you any heat. And I don't want you to bring up those horror stories, but there are promoters out there that will look at you and say, I want your money, I want your money, I want your money. But then there's those promoters that are out there that are saying, look, you don't have what it takes. I'm not taking your money. Have a great day. And they will give you yeah. your money back. But then there's those people that are going to train you poorly. They're going to ask for your money and they're not going to do anything that they promise. It's unfortunate to say I'm not putting anyone under, but those individuals know who they are and they really mm -hmm. are hurting the business because of it. But I, I completely agree with your point. Do your research yeah, ask around, and ask around. Definitely. Don't don't be scared to, to ask around because the worst thing that could happen is they, they protect you. They... They want you to, if they are going to uh, put someone on there or tell you uh, stay from uh, this place or this person, uh, if they're saying that, they most likely have uh, your best interest in, in their mind. So the best thing you could do is just ask around if you're unsure. And 90% of, uh, I'm saying 90%, but yeah, 90%, 90% of them were that were you as a kid that were asking the same question. They're not going to yeah, steer yeah. you the wrong way. Hey, we were right. all that kid that said, hey, I want to get into the industry. What would you recommend? Oh, I would suggest going here. I would reach out here. I would go online and search wrestling schools in my area and then look at what other yeah. people have said. Uh, there, there's wrestling schools really all over the place. Now, it, it could be a little bit of a trek for you and you'll have to ask permission from family and friends to drive you before you get your driver's license, but it, it's all worth it in the long run. So I Yeah, 100%. Especially in New England, I, I believe that New England is kind of a, a hot spot for wrestling right now and wrestling training because it seems now everyone and their mothers has a, uh, a school or a wrestling uh, uh, facility. But in, I, I can't really speak for outside of uh, New England because I haven't really looked. But what I have seen in New England, there are some very good trainers. So uh, it's very likely that you will find someone credible um, and who will do you good in New England. So you're sitting in your car right now. I don't want to have Matt come out and start yelling at you saying, what are you doing? Why aren't you in training right now? So I have one <laughs> final question for you. And right. I am going to put you on the spot because it's something that we really haven't discussed, but it is a staple of our show. But we are, as a Dark Match 
Match Podcast, big practical jokers. So I want to know what your best rib story is, whether it's happened to you. Oh, boy. Yeah, whether it's happened to you, you've experienced it firsthand, or or you did it to someone else. So I need to know. what It doesn't matter if it happened in wrestling or in school, cheerleading, lacrosse, whatever it is. I need your best rib story right now. All right. I'm after. Fortunately, me being a young female, no one has tried to rib me yet because I always pull the don't do that I'm sensitive card but oh man I gotta I'm gonna have to think about this one haven't even heard any stories <laughs> that people pulled on it um I have but I don't think they would appreciate me sharing so I'm trying to think of a personal one with me touche <laughs> I I want to I want to keep my friends I don't want any heat with them so I'll, I'll stick to me i'll stick to my personal uh my personal life um the one that kind of comes to mind it's, it's not even a good story i don't think i have any good uh uh rib stories but my uh for we just finished the uh cheer season for this year so last year we had uh taken a trip up to uh new hampshire for a regional competition uh for cheerleading and pretty much we oh sorry this was two years ago sophomore year we had uh lost the seniors out of uh out of their hotel room for the entire night so they slept in the uh uh hallways for the night we did that as a uh this is a regional competition your last competition farewell seniors prank so we had them sleep in the uh in the hallways for the night that's just mean. We, I, we all thought it was hilarious until the morning when the seniors got no sleep and were all mad at us. But, oh, well, we the, thought it was hilarious at the time. Yeah, they got over it. Yeah, they're fine now. Well, I, I will put a challenge out to you. So you are still young in the industry. It, it is your one-year wrestling anniversary. So we're going to table this conversation and this story for next year. So... After you've hopefully wrestled in Japan and you have found your footing in Texas and wrestled everywhere else that you've said already in this earlier interview, I need a good rib story, like where you okay, yeah, you, you like lock someone's car like at a rest stop and you like hid the keys like in a trash can or something like that. I don't know. I'm just giving you ideas right now. But if people want to follow along and find out where to find you and also f- track your career, uh, where can they find you all across social media? Um, on Instagram, I am the Sierra.pw. On Facebook, I have a like page. If you just uh, search in Picture Perfect Sierra, and then on Twitter, I am Perfect underscore Sierra. All righty. Well, Sierra, I appreciate you sitting in your car as long as you have, uh, probably in the parking lot of wrestling training right now. So we'll let you get into wrestling training right now and. We wish you nothing but the best, and congratulations on your one-year anniversary for starting this journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had It was a long conversation, but I really enjoyed it, and I promise one year from now I will have a rib story. I will hold you to that. So thank you so I'll much. I'll put it in my calendar right now. Uh, you should. You should set like an alarm like a year from now. Like You better pull a prank. 100%. You have, you have my word, not just saying that. As soon as I hang up the phone, it's going in. One year from now, good rib story. And I, I like it. I hope to be back on sometime soon. I love it. I love it. So we'll talk to you on March 18th, 2020. So we will talk to you then. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. So I want to touch on the story that came out earlier today. I don't know if you guys were able to take a look into it as of yet. If not, definitely go check it out. I'll probably even repost it on our Twitter page as well if you kind of scroll down a little bit. But I, of course, am talking about the story that just came out. Last night's episode of John Oliver, he went on a ridiculous rant in regards to WWE, but more importantly, took a couple shots at the business model of Vince McMahon. And a lot of people were kind of in an uproar over it. And we're kind of calling him out for the way that he treats his employees. Now, for us noble wrestling fans that have been fans of wrestling for many years, we know how, unfortunately, WWE superstars are treated. Now, for those individuals that weren't aware, the contracts that the wrestlers sign, they are independent contractors. Now, to you and me, if we were an independent contractor for any company, that does mean that we can go work anywhere else. We're 1099 for those tech-savvy individuals. You're 1099, which means means that you're not really getting a whole lot of taxes taken out of your pay. You're not getting health insurance and the list goes on and on. And that was one thing that John Oliver really touched on was these individuals, they are a product, but at the same point, they are the business model. And without these superstars, there is no business. And the whole clip itself is about 24 minutes long. 
and he takes quite a few shots at Vince McMahon as well, touching on the lifetime of these superstars and how quickly and unfortunately some of these superstars pass away. Uh, he definitely touched on the, there was an interview that was conducted by Roddy Roddy Piper where he was talking about why he returned to the sport of professional wrestling and it was due to the fact that he really didn't have a whole lot of money. His pension didn't kick in until he was 65 and he needed something that could help out his income and he had to come back to the ring and it it is unfortunate that they have to do that but he he made a comment during his interview too saying that his pension doesn't kick in until he's 65 and he looked right at the interviewer and said i'm not gonna make it to 65 let's keep it real let's be honest and go figure he didn't he passed away at the age of 61 uh they talked about king kong bundy who just recently passed away they talked about eddie guerrero who passed away at 38 years old and all the things that WWE does for their superstars and the things that they do provide and really didn't touch on a whole lot of the things that they do provide. For example, drug treatment for superstars that are dealing with addiction. And they touched on some of it, but not all of it. And I want to kind of get all of your thoughts and your ideas on what was discussed because there was a lot that was brought up and I, I would love to hear your take on it as well. So reach out to us on social media, whichever platform you want, and just tell us your thoughts. If you had an opportunity to watch the video. If you have, if you haven't, watch it. Let us know what you thought because it it, it does touch kind of deep. And that's why a large majority of these individuals are going out to the independents and just having it be where they can work where they want to. They understand the, unfortunately, the lifestyle that it is, but they want the freedom to be in a position where if they want to work this weekend, they don't have to. If they don't want to work this show, they don't have to. If they don't want to wrestle that individual, they don't have to. Whereas WWE tells you when to, excuse my language, but they tell you when to eat eat, they tell you when to sleep, they tell you when to shit, they tell you when to travel, when not to travel, what you're going to miss, and everything that you're going to miss. And I I think if we go back to when Kofi Kingston a few weeks ago was talking about all the sacrifices he's made, some of these people, they miss a lot. They they miss births of children. They miss uh, graduations. They miss first steps. They miss first teeth. And Kofi Kingston said it perfectly. He's like, I've never taken my kids trick-or-treating. And for someone, those are pivotal years in kids' lives that they're sacrificing and they're giving up a lot to do it. And to be treated the way that John Oliver kind of put it out, yeah, it, it is shit. And I want to get your takes on it as well. But moving on from there, a, a lot going on this weekend. Obviously, if you are in the area traveling up to WrestleMania or any of the WrestleMania events going on all around the New York area, definitely let us know. Shoot us a message on our Snapchat account. You can find us at Dark Match PC. Send us all the videos from the festivities. You're out at the bar, you run into one of the superstars or any independent stars you want us to track, definitely let us know. But more importantly, once again, everybody be safe. Don't want to chew your ear off too much this week. We're going to be back with a very exciting interview next week and also a very exciting co-host talking about an event coming up if you are going to be in the area. And if you are going to be in the area, it is your opportunity to meet a large majority of the superstars and future stars that we have had on this show. So definitely want to make sure that you get out and check out this event. That is a spoiler for next week, but also a little tease to get you to come back. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you have not yet done so, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play. Be sure to follow us all across our social media platforms. Be sure to head on over to whatamaneuver.net, search the Dark Match Podcast, pick yourself up some Dark Match Podcast merch. Be sure to go to lapelya.com. I know they are currently down right now because of WrestleMania week, but when they are back up and running, head on over to lapelya.com, search all the cool merchandise. They keep dropping these cool new products. They just came out with a new Mr. Ass Billy Gun pin. They're also going to be releasing soon the 10 pounds of gold pin coming out soon and so much more. So be sure to be continuously checking on lapelya.com. Be sure to use the discount code PINHEAD. Get yourself 20% off your first order and every order after that on the Dark Match podcast. And we hope to hear from all of you very, very soon. Be sure to drop us a line too. If there's someone you want to hear on the show, any guests whatsoever, you can ask some of our loyal followers who have sent us messages in the past. We've made sure we've gotten their requests on the air. So if there's anyone you truly want to hear on the Dark Match Podcast, all you got to do is just let us know and drop us a line. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. Happy WrestleMania week, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Boom.